It's time to take a look around the NFL with our weekly visit from John McClain from the Houston Chronicle. You need to see a dog make a play. No puppies. I need a dog to make a play. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And John McClain joins us now on the phone lines to talk all things NFL. You can find him on Twitter at McClain underscore on underscore NFL. And, John, thank you so much for your time. And we've talked multiple times this season about this final week of the year, week 18, Raiders, Chargers. It could be a win in your end type scenario, and that's what it boils down to. Uh, how exciting is this? And is this not what everyone signs up for as a final week of the season to, to get an opportunity to go to the playoffs? You know, one of the great things about having more playoff teams is it keeps so many fan bases, not to mention talk about the NFL from media, whether it's talk shows, TV, online, newspapers. It just generates interest, creates excitement. What the Raiders have done is pretty remarkable. I look for them to win this game, go to the playoffs, and uh, can't wait to see what happens with Versace. And Mark Davis has got to consider giving him that job on a full-time basis. What the Raiders have been able to overcome with a group, Gruden firing the Henry Ruggs tragedy and the losing streak to bounce back the way they have is one of the most remarkable things that's happened in the NFL this season. And if indeed Mark Davis makes a change, that is the most attractive job in the NFL. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. The three-game winning streak they're on right now, I was just talking in the last segment that, you know, they have a chance to win 10 games and make it to the playoffs with everything they've gone through. I mean, just from this last three weeks, John, what have you seen from this team that has really helped them get where they are right now? Derek Carr's playing well. Uh, Jacobs has run a lot better. And they're playing good defense, and they're winning clutch games. You know, they've won the last two with Daniel Carlson. So they're mm-hmm. winning games at the end. That requires not only to have talent but resolve, to be able to win close games at the end. Some teams blow them at the end. The Raiders proved their resilience. And at this time of the year, that's what you want, kid. This is the time that separates the contenders from the pretenders and the times when teams jockey for position in the playoffs and I like teams that are peaking going into the playoffs, not teams that are struggling or backing in. Right, absolutely. And the, the Raiders didn't do very well in November, but they're doing good in December and early January so far, which is exactly what they need to do. And how about this? Sunday night football in Las Vegas, last game of the regular season. Does it get any better than that? How excited do you think the NFL is for that? I think the NFL is exciting. Las Vegas is excited. Las Vegas should be excited. Raider fans that come from everywhere and Charger, the Chargers should have fans there as well. So it's a great way to finish regular season. Absolutely. No, no doubt about it. We're talking with John McClain from the Houston Chronicle on Twitter at McClain underscore on underscore NFL. I did want to ask you about a couple other storylines across the NFL. Big Ben, he wins at Heinz Field last night. He didn't put in a great performance, but he still got the win. Uh, what did you think about his uh, potential last game there at Heinz Field? I thought it kind of was typical of Steelers football. It's obvious he's hurt. He's old and he's hurt. That's not a good combination. But they won. They did it with running game. They did it with great defense. Led by T.J. Watts, four sacks. He's got a chance to break Michael Strahan's all-time record. So uh, it was the way for them to go out. Now, they still have a chance to make the playoffs, but, man, it's slim and none and slim left town because so many things 
would have to happen, but they haven't had a losing season. They're guaranteed of not having a losing season. If I'm a guy like Deshaun Watson or maybe Russell Wilson, possibly even Aaron Rodgers, I'm telling my agent, get me to Pittsburgh because mm-hmm. that is a consistently good organization that's run the right way. And word is they want a veteran quarterback. They're not looking for a rookie to rebuild. You know, you know, John, I wanted to ask you because people talk about Mike Tomlin in the 15 years or 15 seasons. He hasn't had a winning or a losing season. And they say that it's not a big deal because, well, the whole resume is nice, but it's not a big deal because it's a lot of eight and eight and nothing over the top. But I, I think that's a big deal. I mean, what, what are your thoughts when you hear that 15 seasons and no win, uh, no losing season? I think it's a tremendous achievement. Look at all the teams that struggle. Mm-hmm. Look at all the teams that lose. You think the Jaguars aren't impressed by that? <laughs> right. The Bengals? I mean, absolutely they are. The Lions? Wouldn't the Lions like to be in that situation? Mm-hmm. And yes, your goal is to win a Super Bowl, and Tomlin won one. And, um, but to, to have a chance to, to reach your goal, you've got to be in a position to do it. And they are in a position just about every year. Yeah, I'm impressed. I'm impressed by that that right there, uh, Mike Tomlin. But I heard a lot of people talking about it today like it was not that big a deal. Hell, the Raiders would love to be uh, in that position. 15 seasons, that no losing season. That would be phenomenal for the Silver and Black. How about Antonio Brown? How about what you saw from him on Sunday? I've said, I wrote this, and I can't remember which team he was going to. It might have been when he signed with the Raiders. That if you bring in Antonio Brown, you might, it's like bringing in a snake. At some point, that snake's going to bite you. And he's bitten every team that he's been in their house. And I don't understand teams that should be humiliated to keep giving this guy chances just because they're so desperate to win. There's other players out there. He was a great receiver. Everybody said he's a hard worker. Nobody talks about he has mental health issues when he's playing well and not creating problems. But when he does create problems, everybody says he has mental health issues. And you've seen in the NFL be at the forefront of trying to help players, Calvin Ridley of the Falcons, Lane Johnson of the Eagles. And if indeed Antonio Brown has been offered help, you would think he'd have done it, although knowing him, he probably hasn't. But I hope we've seen the last of him because there's too many players that deserve the opportunities he's been given. Yeah, John, isn't it just as irresponsible to say, oh, it's mental health every time we, every time one of these episodes pop up? Because then it takes away the accountability that needs to be held on Antonio Brown. It's a very sensitive issue, DeMond, as you know. But you don't, if, if a guy has mental health issues, he should need help whether he's playing well or not, whether the team's winning or losing whether he's injured or healthy. You don't just need help when you do something stupid <laughs> right. like uh, Antonio Brown did. And and I'm sure the league is looking into this because not only is he embarrassed himself and the Buccaneers, and the Buccaneers deserve everything they get. You know, they let Brady force him into coming in, coming in. He made Bruce Arians look like a liar for talking him into staying because they had injuries at wide receiver. And uh, I, you know, I'm tired of people making excuses for him. He's had so many opportunities. And his off-the-field issues, he's been accused of crimes, but people keep coming back to him. 
I'll be shocked if he gets another opportunity. If indeed he needs help, he needs to get it. Get diagnosed and get help and get his life straight. Right. Actually, I, I agree 100%. We're talking with John McClain from the Houston Chronicle here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. How about those Bengals in the AFC North? They're uh, the division champs, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase. They're leading the, the way. Uh, what have you seen from Cincinnati? Great skill position players. They've got balance. They've got Joe Mixon to run the ball. They've got three receivers that are the best in the league. Now, if Tampa had everybody healthy, I might say Buccaneers. But they don't. And then they have Joe Burrow, who's been fantastic. Zach Taylor, the leading candidate for Coach of the Year. And, you know, I can't remember how many times Marvin Lewis took them to the playoffs, but he never won a playoff game. Mm-hmm. Maybe now they'll win a playoff game because their offense is as balanced, as good as anybody in the league. And they're hot at the right time. They swept the Ravens. They swept the Steelers. And, they're a fun team to watch because they got talent at the skill positions. How concerned are you with their offensive line? Because Joe Burrow's still getting hit quite a bit. He does, but some of that is his own creation. You see young quarterbacks, and this happened a lot with Deshaun Watson. They hold the ball, waiting for receivers to get open down the field, and boom, they get <laughs> obliterated. And Watson told us once, he said, you guys never talk to me about holding the ball too long when I'm completing passes down the field. And he's right. So sometimes it's the quarterback and the nature of the offense. Talking right now with John McClain from the Houston Chronicle. And, John, how about those Browns? They're eliminated. Baker Mayfield's not playing next week. He's getting surgery. Uh, What does Cleveland need to do to take that next step? Because everyone thought, including myself, that this season was going to be a better season for the Browns. I I picked the Browns to win the Super Bowl. And uh, in the second game of the season, they hosted the Texans. Mayfield threw an interception. He tried to make a tackle. He hurt his left shoulder. It was hurt all year. People make fun of him that he doesn't throw with his left shoulder. And I'd like to see some of these people get out in the yard and throw the ball without using their left shoulder, which you have to use when you put your left hand on the ball. And uh, I would think they're not going to sign him to an extension for 35 to 40 million a year. He doesn't deserve it. But what they should do is bring him back healthy, let him play a fifth season, and then if they want to sign him to an extension, great. If he doesn't want it, franchise him. But I know this, if he leaves that organization, they're going to have to change a lot of television commercials. Yeah, <laughs> no doubt about that. My man demond has got a question for you. All right, John, let's move the conversation to the top seed in the AFC. Oh, uh, here he goes. You know, one game to go to solidify that number one seed. But the Tennessee Titans, they're strolling into Houston what can you say about this Titans season as they have to overcome so much adversity, losing Derrick Henry, and to still be at the top <laughs> of the AFC? I keep reading that the top Coach of the Year candidates are Matt LaFleur and uh, Zach Taylor. If you take uh, Devontae out of that offense for eight games, and then you take the second-best weapon out for seven games and third-best for five games, which is what happened to the Titans, where would the Packers be? You take Jamar Chase, Joe Mixon out of that offense for a while, where will the Bengals be? Titans have missed Derrick Henry for eight games, and he's still six in the NFL in rushing. 937 yards. He ran for 10 touchdowns, only five have more than he hadn't played since October. So 
they think there's a chance they could designate him to return from IR, which means he could practice tomorrow. There's talk about him getting a few carries against the Texans. Knock off the rust. I don't think I'd do that. I think I would wait. You got a bye week. Bring, bring him back in full force for the playoff, playoff game. And if you need to knock off some rust, give him the ball five times on the first series and see what happens. <laughs> now I know. AJ I... <laughs> Brown, AJ Brown, they're great with. He's missed five games and parts of two others. He is tied for 46 in catches and 36 in yards, and he's still their leading receiver. So Mike Vrabel has done a tremendous coaching job. He really has. He really has. you got to give him a lot of credit. And I'll tell you, John, now I know exactly how everyone felt in Central Texas when I would bring up the Raiders in our, in our weekly conversation. They're like, oh, here goes Q. Now I always get ready whenever DeMond starts getting that look in his eye. I'm like, oh, here goes the Titans question. He can't wait to get that one out there. <laughs> yeah, well, you, John. Both got, you both got winning teams, so it's certainly understandable. Right, absolutely. I'm not mad at him. He's having a good time. Oh, he's I'm living, having a great time. He's living his best life right now, John. I wanted to ask you about the Cowboys. They just took an L to the Cardinals and, and Kyler Murray, who does everything he wants to do in Jerry's world. But uh, should Cowboy fans be nervous and concerned about their team, even though they're obviously in the playoffs, but just not performing at a peak level right now? If you asked me that question last week, I said no. You know, there's not many teams that have the offensive and defensive balance that the Cowboys do. And then they laid that egg at home and uh, to the Cardinals, and the Cardinals needed a win more than any team in the league, and they got it at AT&T Stadium. So you don't know if they righted the ship and the Cowboys, what is an aberration, or is it was something to haunt, haunt, haunt them in the playoffs. I think the Cowboys can win their first-round game, but I don't see them winning on the road in the division round. I want to ask you about uh, the Packers, and you brought up uh, you know, Matt LaFleur earlier. What do you think ultimately happens with Aaron Rodgers and even Devontae Adams? Do you think that they, they return to Green Bay next season? Rodgers is under contract for one more year. I, you know, I'm thinking, why does he want out of Green Bay? Mm-hmm. He can dominate his division. He can go 6-0 and every year. He can have great stats. Now, if he doesn't like the cold weather and he wants to wear shorts and flip-flops all through the winter, and go to a warm-weather climate, you ought to just say so. He's adored by the best fan base in the NFL, and I don't understand why he's not happy. The GM, Brian Gunnikunst, who cut some of his friends, he's done a tremendous job, and they've been in the championship game the last two years. They shouldn't blow this one. It's hard to believe Aaron Rodgers only won one Super Bowl, and it was 11 years ago. I think it'd be a great story if he did, but, man, you talk about a guy could find out the grass isn't always greener, that would be him. <laughs> yeah, John, all your years covering the NFL, have you ever seen something like this? The next thing I can think is Tom Brady wanting to get out of New England, but somebody who's playing at an MVP elite caliber level that just wants to get out of town for apparently no reason besides that he's not getting enough respect from the front office. Yeah, I don't understand that one, DeMond, at all. Brady, people think if Bill Belichick had shown a little more love, that Brady wouldn't have gone. But uh, I think also Brady just got tired of the Patriot way, which can be so overbearing. And now he goes down to Tampa where Bruce Arians says, okay, what do you want? You want this player? You want that player? You want Antonio Brown? Sure. So they let Brady almost be de facto general manager. And so I can understand that. Maybe Rodgers is jealous. Maybe he wants that kind of control. 
Maybe. Who knows? I, I don't have any idea, but I just, in my heart and my gut feeling tells me he's back in Green Bay next season along with Devontae Adams, and they continue to do what they do. I don't know. It just, I agree. I agree. <laughs> it seems that way. John, uh, what do you have coming out on Texas Sports Nation that NFL fans should be on the lookout for? I'm looking ahead to the draft because the Texans have the third overall pick and get an impact player. And for bad teams, this is the great time of the year, the off season, as you get approach uh, free agency in the draft. And uh, I wrote a column for tomorrow about why I think John Robinson should be serious consideration for uh, executive of the year, Mike Vrabel for coach of the year. All right, John, then this is the last one. <laughs> I saw you retweeting a story that's it's very specific to Texas. Have you seen any raining fish in your area? No, I have never seen any fish like that. I read the story about how it happens. They get shot up into the atmosphere because of things that happen on the water. And I'm amazed that when they come down, they're still alive. That's crazy. I, I gotta. Go. I, I don't even know what you guys are talking about, but I'm going to go check it out. It's raining fish in Texas. Oh, uh, apparently. Well, I ain't been there for a while, so I wouldn't know. So, uh, okay, I'm going to go check that out. John, great stuff as always. We do appreciate you. Have a great weekend. We'll look forward to talking to you next week. Talk some playoffs. Tune to mine. Thank you guys very much as always. There he goes. The great John McClain from the Houston Chronicle, at McClain underscore on underscore NFL on Twitter. Raining fish, huh? Raining fish. Yeah, man. He alerted it to me because, you know, he retweeted. I'm like, oh, yeah. John McClain retweeted this. Right. It's raining fish in Texas. Well, I'm glad I'm out of there then. <laughs> I don't want to be I don't want to be moving around and having to watch out for fish come flying out the sky. What in the world is going on? Where was that at? In, in, in Houston or did you? Uh, um, yeah, it's uh, well, he retweeted on the Houston Chronicle. But what's the Texar? The Texar. Texarkana. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. OK. More well, like in that area. All right. Well, it wasn't near me then. If there was if there is anything coming out the sky where I was at, it sure wasn't going to be no fish. It might smell like fish, but it wasn't no fish. 318 is the time. When we come back, we'll take your calls and texts. This is Red Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. We're just going to have to navigate through these calls really quickly because we have Scott Phillips Jr., Assistant Director of Scouting for the Hula Bowl coming up at 3.30. we got to get him at 3.30 on the dot because he does have another uh, meeting that he has to get to. So uh, we got a few pa- uh, Raiders on uh, on hold right now. we got Passionate Raider, Fargo Raider, and Oklahoma Raider. So we'll get to all three of you. But up first is Passionate Raider. What's on your mind, my man? What's up, guys? What up, DeMond? What up, Q? Chilling. Hey, Q, my, 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 my name for my team, and I'm going to say it just like this, the Passionate Raiders. Because these boys right now are playing with some passion that we haven't seen all year. I'm like you, Q. I wasn't, I, you wasn't going to convince me four weeks ago we were going to be playing this game right now. Right. So, hey, man, I give them much props. And I just want to give one shout-out to everybody on Twitter, man. Let's not focus on the next coach right now, man. Let's show some respect to what Versace is doing with our Raiders right now. Well, Gus Bradley, let's give these boys some props. Ain't worried about no Jim Harbaugh. We got a game on Sunday. Right. Right. Blacked out. Let's go. Nice. Good call. Good call. And I agree. I agree. That's why I started the show saying, hey, uh, talking about coaches ain't for right now. <laughs> now, there's a game that's going to be played on Sunday, and that's what really matters. Uh, let's hustle back out to the phone line real quick and talk to our guy, Fargo Raider. What's on your mind? Hey, the morning cue, my cutties. What up? I'm, I'm going to start off real quick by saying y'all are slick as hell with that, uh, with, that, with that opening drive stuff, man. I'm sitting here like the two cats from uh, – fanboy non-sexual chocolate like man they good they good <laughs> you know, that was a good one i'm gonna give you all that and demand i'm gonna push back on you man 
You lost your running back. That's one dude. That ain't adversity, man. That's football. That'd be happening. That's just how it goes down. My bad. Sorry, Demond. Love you, but I both say. receivers, defensive stars. <laughs> I told you. I told you about Julio Jones before you, before the team signed him. Yeah, man. I mean, that, you know what it is. I'm that was gonna, Vinny's I'm guy. Gonna, Julio gonna was Vinny's guy. <laughs> and and lastly, I'm gonna say I got two quick ones. The dirty dozen, man, because these guys are a bunch of second, you know, second chance guys came in here and did what they had to do. Denzel Perriman, Phylon, Thomas, et cetera, et cetera. They came in. And they, they put in work like Crosby told Carr when he threw that pick. We're going to get you one back for you, man. Don't trip. And lastly, the bad news bears, man. Because no matter what, they keep laughing at us. They ridicule us. But we're still right here fighting, man. Y'all have a good one. Thank you for taking my call. No doubt. Thank you so much. Do appreciate that. 326 is the time. We got time for one more. We got to hustle it in. Let's do Oklahoma Raider real quick. What's on your mind, brother? What's up, Cube? Chilling. Um, man, uh, and this this may hit and it may not, but – uh, name of the team, like with Madden passing recently, I think uh, with this ragtag group, like with uh, not necessarily, necessarily ragtag, but people coming in that are and kind of pick it back off the last guy's uh, call. Uh, not everybody's first choice, but an all Madden team, like yeah. we this uh, this is these are these are guys that are in the dirt, like uh, Max Crosby have like a crazy year that like nobody thought that this was going to what he was going to be uh that dude believed it some people in the, the raiders organization believed it uh i just think looking at this year if we do make it to the playoffs and in the same year in the uh in the fashion losing an icon like madden i just think it's too clean uh kind of like you talked about uh stuff uh where uh things are bigger than life uh combining with football and uh i don't I don't man, I don't know, man. Uh, it just seems like we're we're exactly where we need to be, and things are uh, a lot of bad things have happened this year. Uh, and uh, I think if we could pull this off, man, I, I don't, man, I don't know, man. It, just, it seems like it could happen. And, right, uh, this is exactly where I want us to be at. Perfect, perfect, good stuff, my man. And yeah, I mean, right now they're cooking with grease. You know, three wins in a row with an opportunity for four. We will see how it all shakes out. Coming up next, Scott Phillips Jr., Assistant Director of Scouting for the Hula Bowl. He'll join us to talk to, talk to Chuck Wagon and more. This is Radio Nation Radio nine twenty. It's unnecessary roughness. The Judge Lester Hayes joining us now. That's YQ. Of course, our team kept winning kept winning too because of our training you got to put in the work and the time and the perseverance and the patience to train your body and train your brain welcome back to unnecessary roughness Roughness. here on raider nation radio 920 here's your boy q 330 is the time and it's starting to get that time of year where some teams not the raiders but other teams around the league are starting to look at the draft and looking at guys that are draft eligible and that's when you start to see all-star games pop up around the league and there's some that are really big time showcases and there's some that are just also good opportunities for players to go out there and show what they could do well we're about to talk about one that is a big time showcase and that is the hula bowl and to do that we're going to join with scott phillips jr the assistant director of scouting for the hula bowl and scott thank you so much for your time this afternoon i appreciate you making some time and such a short uh, amount of time for us uh as far as the the game itself the hula bowl how big of an opportunity is this for, for players to go out there and show what they can do in front of all 32 teams? So I'll tell you, it's a huge opportunity uh, for our, our athletes. Um, you mentioned it, 32 NFL teams are going to be there, over 130 scouts 
from the NFL, the CFL, XFL 2023, and the USFL. And we even just got a note today that there are now six NFL general managers um, who are going to be joining us at the game and during the practice week as well. So there's a ton of attention for the athletes at this game. No, it, it really is, and that's why I love these kind of showcases, and especially the Hula Bowl that used to be uh, on Hawaii on the islands. Now it's yeah. going to be in Orlando this year, and you know, us here in Las Vegas, we're the ninth island, so we kind of all kind of tie everything <laughs> together, but 60% of guys that are in the Hula Bowl and practice that week get either drafted or become undrafted free agents. That's a monster number right there, Scott. Yeah, and that's and you know, I'll tell you that's a historical number, and I certainly don't want to overpromise and underdeliver. But if I was to make a guess, I would say this year's will be closer to eighty percent. We've been paying very close attention to the draft grades of our players, and and you know giving them really good advice uh, as best we can about where we see them on NFL rosters. And you know rosters are a little bigger now because there's you know the COVID exceptions and so forth. So there's bigger training camp rosters. There's there's bigger practice squads. And, uh, and, you know, it's, it's, we've been looking through our roster, not to be overly optimistic, but we think uh, a good portion of these guys are going to be hearing their names called um, during the draft, especially on day three. And, uh, yeah, I would say we're going to be probably close to 75 or 80 percent that are going to be on NFL rosters competing to get on the, on the opportunity to play on Sundays. And that's all you could ever ask for is just the opportunity, and that's what this is going to be such a great showcase for is that opportunity. Now, as far as, like, the prerequisite, what, what exactly are you guys looking for for players that you want on your uh, Hula Bowl rosters? Wow. Well, uh, I'll, I'll summarize that shortly in saying, you know, there's a, a number of things. You know, we what we don't do is we don't want to be what we call stat book scouts, where we're just looking to see – who had a big performance or who had one big game, and then we put them in, you know, on the roster for that. What we're looking for is we actually watch uh, between three and five games per player um, of the people that are prospects, you know, that we call the coaches and we say, hey, if you had one guy you had, you were thinking would play on Sundays, who would it be? Or three guys that you think would be playing on Sundays, who would they be? And then we go back and we watch what we call cut-ups of them, which is, um, you know, short, isolated uh, videos of their, of their plays over the course of the season. And I really try to get a sense of who those players are. And if, if they look like they're really good, we actually sent scouts out um, to watch them in person. Um, I actually had the privilege of coming uh, to UNLV this year um, and scouted a game, uh, I think it was against uh, San Diego State, uh, close to the end of the season. And um, if, we, uh, if they pass the eye test when we're there at that game, then they get the invite to our all-star experience. Talking all things Hula Bowl right now with Scott Phillips, Jr., Assistant Director of Scouting for the Hula Bowl. And one guy that you noticed when you were here at, uh, in Las Vegas to see UNLV in San Diego State was Charles Williams, the Chuck Wagon. Uh, he's beloved here in the Las Vegas community. He's beloved there at UNLV. He's the leading rusher in the school history. Uh, what did you see from the Chuck Wagon when, when you were here in person? Well, let, let me say this. First off, you know, I didn't know much about the Chuck Wagon before I got there, but when I left, that's the only thing I, I remembered significant. I mean, what a guy. Uh, I was there for his senior day, um, you know, and the, the amount of reverence that was clear, um, you know, to me from the fan base, from the coaches, from his teammates was really incredible. And, you, you know, guys like that earn that by being good leaders over a consistent period of time. Sure, you have to have the statistics, but you also have to be uh, that kind of guy in terms of character. Um, but what we saw from him was, you know, you got a guy that's a little bit on the undersized size, you know, he's a little bit shorter, um, you know, but he makes up for that with incredible athletic ability. Um, you know, he's, he's the kind of guy that he's a, a one-cut kind of runner. He's flexible, he's explosive, he's got really good foot quickness, keeps his, his feet moving, has good burst. Um, you know, he's a guy that, uh, that can make people miss. And, you know, I unfortunately came to a game where he wasn't used a whole lot in the rushing game. He didn't have a lot of production in that particular game. But where he really hurts you and where we see him as having a potential uh, fit in the NFL is, man, he, he dominated 
Pierre. Uh, this was a guy who spent the entire season, did not have one dropped pass on all of his targets for the entire season. And I think he had 60 yards receiving on a few receptions in the game I was at, including two really important first downs. So he's, he's a guy that, you know, that we see as being a, uh, a rotational piece uh, in the running back room, potentially on Sundays, and uh, having a lot, of, um, a lot of upside because we see him as a guy who could potentially come in on third down and be a chip blocker or a guy that will kind of get out in the flats, catch a ball, and make people miss. And that's a nice role you could have in the NFL. I mean, you can make a nice living oh, yeah. doing that. <laughs> yeah. You can, I mean, just about any job in the NFL could be a good living if you're on that field with shoulder pads on, right? But, I mean, he, he's a guy that, you know, look, it, it takes a lot of commitment, as, as you know, to, to be, in the, to be a, a collegiate athlete for as many seasons as he was, contribute the way he did over that time, and then particularly consider he's a running back. So he's taken that abuse on his body uh, year after year. Um, you know, he, he did a really good job, and, and you could tell that uh, he, he did that in a way that the coaches admired and, uh, and his teammates admired. And that, that says a lot because, um, you know, now more than ever, um, you know, coaches are investing in, in their locker room personalities and making sure they have guys that are going to be uh, you know, pieces of the team's pu- full puzzle, not just necessarily, you know, the prototypical size and, and speed and you're going to be the offensive assistant coach on the yeah. team that the chuck wagon's going to be on I, so you I, actually get yeah. to work with them all week and how important is that just the, the week of work not the really the game but the work just the practice week yeah that you know and i i you know i hasten to say this because i don't want to diminish the game and certainly it's, it's on live tv on cbs at, at noon on uh it's actually the the first football game of Wild Card Weekend is the Hula Bowl. That's a kind of our motto is Wild Card Weekend starts with the Hula Bowl nice. uh, Saturday at noon. And, uh, you know, I'll be, I'll be coaching Chuck, like you said, and, and, and candidly through the week um, is more important than the game, to be perfectly honest. The scouts are paying more attention because they're right up there on the field the whole time. They're watching their work ethic. They're watching their one-on-ones. They're watching for things like, is this the guy that gets to the first person that's going to be for all the drills? Is this the guy that's kind of goofing off in the back? Is this the guy that's, you know, constantly needing to be taped and getting attention from the trainers? Or is this the guy that's, you know, lowering his shoulder pads and, and delivering hits in practice? And, you know, they pay attention for those details because that's going to show the durability, the consistency, the predictability, what kind of athlete they're, they're getting. So those practices are important. And, and I'll add to that, the coaching staff for the Hula Bowl. I mean, listen, I'm a, I'm a small player in that. I'm, I'm helping out as far as coaching goes, but um, you know, the the head coach, for example, on uh, Chuck's team is Brian Billick. I mean, you've got a Super Bowl champion head coach. Right. Um, a couple of the assistants are Mike Tice, uh, Wade Phillips, who will be doing defense. But, I mean, you know, you got multiple Super Bowl ring uh, coaches on this staff, um, and that's definitely going to help Chuck out along the way as he, as he works uh, – you know, toward getting drafted. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, that's exciting right there, just knowing the kind of quality coaches that are going to be there on that on that staff, just helping out, uh, just giving instructions throughout the course of the week. We're talking right now with Scott Phillips, Jr., Assistant Director of Scouting for the Hula Bowl. My guy, Damon Cotton, here in the studio has a question for you as well. Yeah, Scott, you just made some great points. And can you speak even further to how much that the Hula Bowl and these, these postseason bowl games matter more than, let's say, the Cheez-It Bowl or the Mayo Bowl for college players. <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and it's a shame because that's really been coming into the light, right, in the past week, you know, players sitting out those kinds of bowls, um, you know, when, they're, when their kids are in. And I don't want to pick on any one particular one, but, you know, they get into the, the game you know, that's, that's not, you know, for the college football playoff. These are very different, the Hula Bowl and some of the other All-Star games, because what we're doing is, working, you know, we're going to each team and saying, okay, these are like five guys who we could see playing on Sunday. And we're doing that from, from all the top teams across the nation. And candidly, with the Hula Bowl, we go to the small schools, um, you know, and we go to try to find the diamonds. The guys, you know, we got to do some mining every now and again and find some people from schools that, you know, you got to figure out where they are because you've never heard of them. 
and and we're putting all those guys in the in the field. So, you know, Chuck had an amazing career at UNLV, no doubt. I mean, you could just look at his production and and see that. Um, now he's going to have guys chasing him. I mean, the, the three linebackers that are starting for the team, uh, uh, you know, up against him, um, you know, are all power five. Um, for example, um, you know, so he's going to be he's going to be having guys hitting him a little harder. Right. They're coming at him twenty pounds bigger. Uh, maybe you know two tenths of a second faster on forty times. So. You know these games are important because they're going to give him exposure to uh, a consistent amount of players that that he hasn't been playing around necessarily. You know when he ran for 300 yards against Hawaii this year or somewhere thereabouts. You know certainly our college all star game is going to have linebackers that are going to be you know more consistent, more fast, and if he can show off against them, that's really going to that's really going to move his stock up significantly. That's awesome. That's just going to what, what he'll experience on Sundays. I mean, that's exactly what he's getting. He's getting yeah. that Sunday experience. Best uh, of the best. Yes, exactly. Yeah. There at the, no doubt. No doubt. I wanted to ask you this before we wrapped up because, again, I mentioned it used to be in Hawaii. Now it's in Orlando. Yeah. We saw the Pro Bowl do that. It went from uh, Hawaii to Orlando. Now it's in Vegas this year. Uh, what's the significance of moving to, to Orlando? Is it just a change of pace? What, 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 uh, what came to the, to, to the yeah. change? You know, and, and it was a little before my times. You know, I'm in my first staff, so the decision was above my pay grade. But my understanding is it really wasn't anything super specific other than, um, you know, travel accommodations for everyone, mm. um, you know, during the, a pandemic era um, is a little more complicated going to and from the island. And uh, people are a little more tentative to, uh, to jump on a flight out there, um, particularly when you consider the amount of players we have coming from the East Coast. Right. Um, you know, that's, that's a full travel day. Um, so we just it it found it a little more convenient to uh, to place it you know, in the continental U.S. I think for the year. I don't know, you know, the long term outlook on that. You know, certainly it's still called the Hula Bowl. So right um, to the extent that the name isn't changing, you know, I think the door is definitely open for that to not always be the case in Florida. But um, you know, I will say this: UCF has been awesome yeah. uh, to work with, um, and, and it's it's been a great venue. It's very easy to get everyone there, which is important. Uh, not just the players, but all the scouts and the GMs and so forth that are scouting them. Um, you know, we want to have a good experience for everybody. Right, exactly. The game is going to be taking place at UCF, the Bounce House Stadium in Orlando. It's January 15th. Uh, it's going to be on CBS Wildcard Weekend. I'll be watching it for sure. And I'll just say this, Scott, as we wrap this thing up, that uh, I mentioned we're the ninth island. So if for some reason they decide that they want to come on to Vegas, we're all for oh, it. Yeah. <laughs> we're we're hey, all I, for I, it. I would, I would have no complaints on that. <laughs> I know that's right. Well, Scott, thanks so much for making some time for us this afternoon. You're very informative. Help us uh, kind of get an understanding of the Hula Bowl and what you guys are looking for. And like I said, we'll be looking forward to watching the game on the 15th. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. There he goes, Scott Phillips, Jr. Uh, fantastic stuff. Assistant Director of Scouting for the Hula Bowl. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at Scott underscore NFL and just a great showcase and I'm excited for the Chuck Wagon to have that opportunity I think the biggest thing like he said there playing against power five guys you get an opportunity to go play against guys that you you, you haven't had a chance to do and one of the one of the players that, that came out to me we said Jalen Richard right where you got a guy yep. where it's just like a little undersized yep but hey he's he's found his knack this is a player started the season unvaccinated right didn't even like get that many preseason reps but when you when you got that one thing, things yep. will keep you around, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. And and again, I mean, I remember when Jalen Richard got signed by the Raiders. It was a weekend visit. You know, hey, you're gonna get three days. You're gonna get three days in camp. Do the best you can. I think he was even injured one of the days, and he still found a way to carve out a niche. So uh, that's that's what these kind of opportunities can do. You get in the eyes of some scouts and some coaches and some GMs, and you just take the make the best of your opportunity. Three forty three is the time. We'll come back, close out the show. This is unnecessary roughness on Raider Nation Radio nine twenty. 
Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. 3.48 is the time. Got a few minutes left before we pass the sticks on to Vinny Bonsignor in the huddle. Holding it down. Got some great feedback today, both by way of the Raider Nation listener line and, of course, the Sam and Ash text line 69187. Keyword R&R. Appreciate all the feedback. Appreciate all the passion from all the callers and texters and how excited everyone is this week. And that's something that you should be. You should be excited for this week. Like we were just talking to Scott Phillips. How many times in the past, Raider Nation, have you been talking about the draft back in early November, late October? I'll tell you, man, I'm a, I'm a guy who loves the draft. That's one of my favorite events every year. I'm at Normally... I'm talking about the draft months ago, looking at guys like, hey, that guy would be a really good player in the silver and black. That guy would be really good. I'm not even thinking about the draft right now. I mean, that literally was our first thing that we talked about the draft, and that's only because the chuck wagon was invited to the hula bowl, and I think that's awesome. I really do. I'm I'm excited for his opportunity, just like I'd be excited for any other opportunity for someone at UNLV, but especially the chuck wagon. I mean, you want to talk about a real deal dude on the field and off the field? I mean, he deserves that opportunity, so I'm excited for that. But just to know that you're going into week 18, the last week of the regular season, and everything is still wide open for you. That doesn't happen all the time, DeMond. And it's a home game. And it's a home game. It's, it's literally the biggest game in the history of Allegiant Stadium. And I know it's a, it's a short history, but this is the biggest game in the history of Allegiant Stadium, and it's Sunday night football. What do they always say? Waiting all day for Sunday night? You know what I mean? <laughs> and even if you can't get to the game, you know, because I know everybody can't get there. You know, it's got to be capacity. Not everybody's going to be able to get in. But but watching it at home, what right. I like to say on the TV, because my dad would always say, I got to get there. When you're turning up the volume to like to right. the max, I got to get there. I want to be there. Right. Exactly. So that, that's going to enhance the experience for even the fans that's watching it at home. You know, and think about this. Think about the players in the locker room, especially the young dudes. And we've had a couple people call in and say that. But hell, even Derek Carr. He ain't never been to the playoffs. Never been there. He's got an opportunity to, 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 to play in a game that he's never played in before, a playoff game. Max Crosby, a fourth-round draft pick, has an opportunity to be in a playoff game. You know, unique Ngakwe. Now, he's done some good things in the past at Jacksonville, middle of Baltimore. I get it. But he's got an opportunity to be a leader and help this team get to the playoffs. There's so many guys that have opportunities to make plays. You know, when I was thinking about this whole storyline for the Raiders, you know, Denzel Perryman was one guy who stood out to me in a major way. I mean, that's not even the guy that the Raiders were looking at. If it hadn't been for injuries to Javon White and Nicholas Morrow and a couple other linebackers, Denzel Perryman's probably not even a Raider. They had to trade for him. Think about that. They had to trade for him because they were desperate for bodies. They brought in K.J. Wright as well. And look, I'm not trying to disrespect Denzel Perryman. He's been fantastic. But I know for a fact, I stood right here where I'm standing right now and said, K.J. Wright's going to be the dude. Oh, they brought in Denzel Perryman. That's cool. Like, I totally underestimated him. He's gone out there and balled out, been the leader of the damn defense, got everybody lined up, leads the team in tackles. I mean, the dude has been – there's a reason he's a pro bowler. And let's just say, like, simplify it like this. In-season trade, let's just call it in-season. The trade this worked out this well right, in season in right. football. Exactly. I mean, this how, isn't basketball where people are like, oh, let's see yeah. who we can get trade deadlines coming up. Right. You don't see this like so an impact player day one. Right. Exactly. Exactly. He got acclimated to the system real quick, fast, and hurry because he knew Gus Bradley had already been part of that scheme and went in there seamlessly. 
and it's done a hell of a job. Got a text here, 69187, keyword R&R. This one's funny. T, I'm getting kicked out of my house this weekend by my Charger fan husband because he knows how intense this game means to me. You don't need him. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't worth nothing no way. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Raiders win, you come back and tell him he got to sleep outside for the Right, night. right, right. Exactly. You in the doghouse now, homeboy, you know. I'm assuming that Raider at T is just joking, but <laughs> but I do know how intense this could be, so I understand. Couldn't do it. That and I give you a lot of credit, Raider at T. I give you a lot of credit. I had a homeboy that uh, was my neighbor when I was in Texas, and his 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 wife was a Bronco fan, and he was a Raider. No, he's a Bronco fan, and she was a Raider fan. I don't know how they coexist. Just like Cassie's parents, I don't know how they do it. You know, love. Hey, love was special for them. Because love, love overruled allegiances. Because that don't work for me. That don't work for me. I don't give a damn how much I love you. Love ain't got nothing to do with this. So you wouldn't be putting it if the wife was just like, I no, got to get tickets because no. I want to see Justin Herbert. No. No. No, we wouldn't even be together. I promise you. No, I promise you. I promise you. If you can go back and look at the history of me and anyone I've ever dated in my life, I might hang out with you for a night or two if you're off-breed. And what I mean by off-breed is a fan of another team. But it was never going to be nothing serious. So you'd be like, yo, man, I think I like her. But she was just like back in the day, like Phillip Rivers is really just something, ain't he? I, one of the first things I asked the wife when she was just the good looking girl that I wanted to talk to and, and take out, I asked her if she was a Cowboy fan because I was in Texas. And she's like, oh, no, I'm not really a sports fan. Boom. Perfect. I got all the time to mold you. I got the time to, you know, I did ask her. You see her all the time. Ask her. She'll tell you. She wasn't a, she wasn't a sports fan at all. Now she gets more sports than she ever wants. And it's so it's so impressive. I'll tell you this. I, I want to brag on her. I don't ever brag on her that much. But we'll be watching a game sometimes, and Beth Mullins will come in, and she'll be like, oh, that's Beth Mullins. Like, she she voices she identifies with now. Oh, that's so-and-so. Oh, that's so-and-so. Oh, that's, uh, you know, you had her on the, the show the other day, or you had that person on the show the other day. Like, she recognizes voices. She gets more sports than she'll ever want. Man, shout-out to your wife. Last week, she wasn't even in your list of top two most important people. Well, I mean, it was your barber and your tattoo artist. But now you're giving her a shout out. So, you know, shout I, out to her moving I'm up to the her, rankings. No, I'm giving her props. I, I always give her props, but <laughs> she's got to p- deal with me. And you have to deal with me for a couple hours and you know how, uh, how yeah, stressful man. that oh, is. Man. <laughs> the hardest two hours of the day, people. <laughs> Big Dub Raider said, same cue. I couldn't imagine being married to the rival team. LOL. Fargo Raider said, Q&D, Fargo Raider here again. How about the winds of change? I like that. Hold on, we got another one. Tell Demon to take his adversity and get a juice box <laughs> and go sit in timeout. The Raiders are the only team that's faced adversity. I'll let you have it. I mean, you ain't really ain't got no option. Yeah, I'll take my juice box and I'll sit in that playoff bye oh, for the first week. Oh, all right. Demon firing shots because he knows that time is wrapping up. Vinny Bonsignor, he's coming up next in the huddle. He's going to hold it down 4 to 6 p.m. Make sure you're listening. You want to get in to win Raider tickets. You want to get in to win the win club tickets. You want to get in to win a Max Crosby autographed jersey. We are going to make that happen for you. My man Vinny Bonsignor, sometime between 4 and 6 in the huddle, is going to be looking for call number 9, and that will get you immediately in to win. And, oh, by the way, we're giving this out on Thursday. It's Raider Nation Radio, 920. I'll holler.